Hey guys, this is the C3 Church Malmo podcast. I am believing God will speak to you today and that a greater level of faith will be unlocked in your life. For more information about C3 Church, go to c3malmo.se. God bless. Good morning, everyone. Good to be in the house of the Lord today. Even though it's hot and sweaty, you might feel like a bit of a sauna over here, but it's great. It's always good to be in the house of the Lord and uh, I'm excited today uh, to bring this message to you. But as Justin mentioned, what? Oh, thanks. Yeah, you are my biggest fan, Justin. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, it's really good to have uh, spent some time over the past few weeks uh, with our Summer Connect phase, just hearing from different people, different voices in our church, uh, specifically hearing some of the, um, the testimonies and devotions out of people's lives and what the Lord's really doing in people's lives and what a transformational effect the Lord is, is having the, the lives of our community and our congregation. Uh, for me, I'm, I was just so, um, yeah, excited to be able to get together and still do church, uh, even though a lot of us are away. So again, a welcome to those that are new with us this morning. Special welcome. Good to have you in the house of the Lord today here with us at C3 Malma. As Justin said, uh, my name is uh, Pastor Matthew Furry. I lead this church with my beautiful wife, Christelle. Uh, we've recently taken church over the last uh, three months, and Pastor Susan and Quinton, who had uh, planted this church uh, 15 years ago. So they left for Australia on Tuesday. They flew out. Uh, they sold their house. They packed everything up, and uh, on. Uh, they felt the Lord calling them to a next season, a next phase in their life. And so, uh, yeah, we've been privileged to take over this church and have some wonderful leaders and wonderful people in this church, which we are very confident about the next the next growth of this incredible church. So, again, uh, I, I uh, am yeah, truly privileged and blessed to be here today. So, excellent. Okay, so um, as Justin mentioned, on the 28th um, of August, we will be having a baptism opportunity. So, this will be a two-part series of baptism. I'll be preaching this Sunday, and then in two Sundays on the 28th, Christelle, Pastor Christelle will preach as well, too, uh, on this topic. And then in between, we will have a connect day. We'll have the opportunity to dialogue on this topic, and uh, hopefully uh, what I'm preaching today will allow you to have a great conversation about in your connect groups next Sunday. All right, so Jesus gave the remaining 12 disciples 40 days after he was raised uh, from the dead a, uh, a commission. It's called the Great, the great Commission, uh, and it's applicable for you and myself as fellow believers in, in Christ Jesus. And I want to read today because it's very, uh, it's, there's a very specific part of it that sometimes is, is left out when people refer to the Great Commission. So have you got your hard copy Bible with me? You know, the hardcore believers, you know, paperback Bible. If you've got an app on your phone, do that. As, or this, uh, the, the words will be on the screen behind me if you don't have those uh, with you today. All right, so Matthew 28, 18 to 20, it goes like this. Jesus and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commandments I have given you, and be sure of this, I will be with you always, even till the end of age. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So again, when 
the Great Commission is many times mentioned in preachings or in, in different contexts, sometimes that part kind of gets left out. Um, so I want to emphasize that this morning, and I'm, I want to I uh, focus on two areas specifically this morning. I'm going to have two major points. And this one, I'm going to try and explain a little bit what is baptism, what is it all about, what did it mean for me, and then secondly, the significance of it, and specifically the significance of Jesus being baptized as well. All right, so let's just take a moment and let's just pray. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity to be in your house this morning. I pray, Father, that you allow my words to be uh, seasoned with salt, Father, Lord. And I ask, Lord, that this morning that people will be receptive to every word spoken. I pray that you will use me, Lord, as a vehicle, Father, this morning. And uh, allow me, Father, to bring a revelation to some. And I I praise you for all of this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right. Mm. Okay, so um, so what is baptism, and what did it mean? What did it mean for me? So if, if one had to boil baptism down to a single word, I would I would use this word identification. All right, if you had to boil it down to a single word, baptism is all about identification. Is your personal public identification with Jesus Christ? It's your personal public identification with Jesus Christ. And I love what the Apostle Paul says in Romans 6 verses uh, 3 to 4. He says this, have you forgotten that when you were joined with Christ in baptism, you were also joined in his death? For we died and we were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may have new lives. Notice the strength of these few phrases, baptized into Christ, baptized into his death, and also buried in his baptism. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to a little bit of an explanation of that uh, in my message as I, uh, as I continue. But the question is, how important is baptism? How important is it? You might ask, but you know, Matt, I've you know, I give my heart to Christ. I'm, I'm, I'm living a, a life that is, that is Christ-like. And, but how important is baptism? It is your personal identity with the greatest act of humanity. It is your personal, your personal identity with the greatest act of humanity. Greatest act of humanity, it's the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's the identification with those three steps. I want to be clear as well to that baptism does not replace salvation, right? So and the Bible is very, very clear about that. You know, salvation comes by faith. And I, want to, I just want to emphasize that a little bit this morning uh, by referring to Ephesians 2 verses 8 to 9. It says that God saved you by his grace when you believed, right? So God saved you. By his grace when you believe. So there's an act of, of, of submission. There's an act of acknowledging that, that you are going to follow, that you're going to believe something, that God gave you salvation through his grace. All right? You can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for good things that you have done. So none of us can boast about it. All right? So it's not about you know, doing a certain amount of things and then you receive salvation. That's not what the Bible says. It's about 
the fact that God has given it to us by grace. Jesus Christ dying on the cross for us has allowed us to be able to enter into uh, his kingdom one day once we do accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. We're going to be taking communion also at the end of the service as well too and be reflecting on that. So your guilt before God has been removed when, you, when you've given your heart to Christ. Baptism is, your, again, your personal testimony and inward assurance of you moving from old life into your new life. The inward assurance of knowing that you've moved from your old life into your new life. So what does baptism mean, right? So I'm just going to give you three points quickly. What exactly does baptism mean? Again, it, it means that you have moved from this old life to your new life in Christ Jesus, all right? So first, you are moving from your old life to your new life in Christ Jesus. It means publicly identifying with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ, okay? So that's, that's what <clears throat> that means to be, to be baptized. And thirdly, it means, opening, uh, it means um, openly joining the ranks of those who believe in Christ, emphasis on open, all right, openly, because it is a public declaration when we are baptized. You have witnesses, you declare Christ as your Lord and Savior, and so it's very important to know that what baptism really is, it's a visual preaching of the gospel. It's a visual preaching of the gospel, of the gospel. As you stand, as you wait in the water, arms uh, wide open for those who've been baptized, you know the routine, you stand there and it symbolizes Christ dying on the cross, all right? The next step is that you are submerged under the water, not for three days, not three minutes, maybe three seconds or, or, or less. So when you are lowered into the water, you are then also identifying with Christ being placed into the tomb when he died, all right? Then the third step is when you are risen or raised out of the water, you then also symbolize Christ rising from the tomb, being raised from the dead. Okay, so that's why I say that if you could boil down baptism, it basically comes to identification. Identify what Christ did for us on the cross when he was buried and when he was raised again. All right, so that, that is what your personal is all about, is that we died with Christ. We identify with that, that death, that burial, and that resurrection. So ultimately, your, your, your baptism is a, a sermon being preached by you. It's you standing there in front of a, a multitude of witnesses, uh, basically preaching. I, I would say the length of your baptism is, is probably stronger than me preaching this preaching here today, because it is a public declaration, it's a public identification in front of witnesses. I remember, Adele, when we baptized you um, in, in the winter, just wanted to make sure that everyone's aware of that. Uh, I, I tried to find the wetsuits, and all the wetsuits in church were taken. Justin was ahead of me, so he, he, he beat me to it. So uh, we, were, we were there, and we baptized Adele and, and another well too. And I remember, Adele, we had um, uh, some work colleagues that you had worked with, uh, a couple that was there, uh, and they were just so overwhelmed by your baptism, and they were just so... They were celebrating you with your baptism and this amazing step that you had taken. And, uh, and it's so wonderful to see when there are witnesses, especially family members or close fam or friends or relatives, being there, being a witness to this incredible public event. And so I recall being at baptisms uh, specifically when uh, so we, my wife and myself are really originally from uh, South Africa. 
we attended a number of, of baptisms, especially when I was at university, and we were, I was doing, uh, doing them almost every weekend, either baptizing people or uh, being a part of the group that were praying for people after they had been baptized. And I remember this one specific scenario there. We, we, pray, we, we, we baptized this one gentleman, and there was a family member, this one lady that was there as well too. And as we were praying for this guy, once he had been uh, coming out of the water, um, she, she was so overwhelmed by the presence of the Holy Spirit at that point in time that she was just, she was just full of tears, um, and she just said, I want to be baptized as well. So we're like, we looked at each other. She didn't have a second set of clothing. We're like, okay, let's take you. So we, we put her in the water. We baptized her, and she came out there, and she was like, wow, she needed to do that because there was such an overwhelming feeling of the Holy Spirit being there. And I, and, and I was just so, like, incredible experience to see someone being baptized, like, spontaneously. It might even happen in two Sundays. Let's see. So the whole church brings some extra set of clothing, you know, just in case you get... You know, if you're like, all right, it's time. It's time again. Uh, but uh, it, it was such an incredible experience. And so just, you know, the Greek word for, for, for baptized means, uh, is baptizo, all right? So according to most contemporary lexicons, it means primarily to dip, to plunge, or to immerse. The secondary meaning means to bring under influence, all right? So the second meaning means to bring under influence. So what you actually do when you're baptizing, you are actually placing yourselves under the influence of God and placing yourselves under the influence of, of what He has in store for us in this life. And I'm going to get to that in my second point in a moment, and I'm going to expand on that. But it basically comes to, to a place of submission, you come to a place of, of, of under authority, and you come to a place of influence by, by Christ and, and this church and, and, and people's lives that uh, will be able to help you be a part of um, discovering what it means to live your best life. A couple of interesting facts about um, water baptism. Um, it's, uh, in Matthew 3, we read, read about it that it requires water. All right? So, very important point. In John 3, it speaks about requiring plenty of water. Sorry, guys, at the back, you don't have these scriptures, so don't get nervous about that. Um, baptism uh, requires going into the water, Acts 8. And baptism, uh, baptism requires coming out of water as well. So again, Matthew 3 and also Acts 8. And so what, what baptism really meant for me, and so I was, I was having a chat to Christelle when I was busy preparing my message. I was trying to think, what was the difference in my Christian walk? Now, so just to give you a bit of reference, I, I'd, I'd, been, I'd given my heart to Christ, but there was a long period of time before I got baptized, a number of years actually. And so I was, I was reflecting the other day with Christelle. I was like, what was the difference All right, when I gave my heart to Christ uh, before I was baptized and then after I was baptized? And I was reflecting, reflecting on this, and I'll, I'll explain a little bit you know, from a biblical definition as well too in a moment. But what it came down to, and if I just explain it in a very simple term, it, it's like trying to be the boss at work without carrying the title. Right? You're trying to boss people around, and they're like, well, hang on, you know, you're not, you're not really the boss. And that's what I felt like my Christian life was. I was trying to, uh, I was trying to, to act in, in a position of authority, but I never really felt like I had it. And so in the, in the same way that when Christ was baptized as well too, there was, a, of course, the Holy Spirit came down, a dove rested upon him, and a voice from heaven said that this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, and I'll get to that, that part in a moment. But what happened was is that Christ went through a transformation of authority. Christ went through a process of authority when he was baptized. 
And so the same thing happened for me as well too. When I was baptized as a Christian, before and after, what I experienced was a transformation or a transition of authority. Another way of, of seeing it is that should there be a president elected, you have uh, the president who's, who's, uh, who's won the, the, the voting, and uh, there's a couple of months or, or weeks before he's then officially inaugurated as, as, the, as the president. And probably the most um, televised or watched um, inauguration of any uh, president is the U.S. president standing or sitting there on, on Capitol Hill with a massive crowd in front of him. And he places his hand on the Bible, and basically he's inaugurated as the president. Before being inaugurated as a president, he has zero power to make any decision, all right? Zero power to change any laws or anything. So that goes for any president. But after his inauguration, he can change laws, or she can change laws. That allows us to be, or our lives to be affected by that. And so in the same way, I, as, as Christ was Christ, the son of the carpenter, or, or, or Christ was um, the son or, or came from Nazareth prior to being baptized, or, 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 or sorry, pre, uh, pre-baptism. But after his baptism, he was Christ the Messiah. He was released into his ministry. He walked in authority after being baptized. He went for 40 days after that where he was seeking God. He was tempted by the devil, overcame those trials and tribulations. But he was released into his ministry, and that's when all, all the things started. You know, Christ, you know, was at the age of 30 prior to that, you know, why did he not operate in, in, in authority? Why did he not operate in his calling? God wanted this moment to be an inauguration of Christ for him to be baptized and for him to be released into his ministry. And in the same way, I believe as Christians as well too, that as, as we, as we are, are, are acknowledging that we are Christians, we have given our hearts to Lord to the Lord, I don't believe, at least from my, my, my experience, was that I didn't feel like I was able to operate in authority prior to baptism. And this was a real, real revelation for me. I started experiencing uh, friendships starting to flourish as a consequence. I started to see my finances flourish as a consequence as I started operating in authority. I started seeing my life gained stability as well too, as I acknowledged Christ and started making him the true centerpiece in my life. Now, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not preaching the prosperity gospel over here. We've had quite a few tribulations in our lives after I was baptized. Christelle almost passed away in 2007. We lost our twin daughters in 2013. And there's been many other smaller trials that have been happening in between as well too. And so life has, has shook us uh, absolutely after that. I'm not saying that you know, it's all going to be hunky-dory after you have uh, been baptized. Not at all. There, there are going to be trials and tribulations. And actually, the Word says that we need to prepare for storms in our lives. And so it depends on what you want to build your life on. If you want to build your house on the sandy shore, be prepared to make sure that your house will be taken away by the, by the storms of life. And in the same way that the Lord also then encouraged us to build our house on the rock, because in so doing so, you will see that no matter what storm comes in your life, your life will be built on the rock no matter what. And you will experience God in a supernatural way despite the storms that come in your life. And so this is why I I still want to encourage us to go through the process of baptism, to be able to walk walk in authority, to apply this to our lives and see the Lord transform our lives in a way that we never would have expected should we have not gone through the process of baptism. 
And so walking in authority allows us to be able to have the power to advance our lives, to advance the Lord's kingdom, and to take that rightful place in the, Lord, in the way the Lord has called us to. The second point that we want to make this morning is the significance of Jesus being baptized. Uh, I alluded to this uh, passage in, uh, earlier, but I want to read this out of Matthew 3, verses 13 to 17. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. He said, I'm the one that needs to be baptized by you, Jesus. He said, so why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done. We must carry out all that, the, that God requires. So John agreed to baptize Jesus. After his baptism, Jesus came up out of the water. The heavens opened up and saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly beloved son uh, who brings me great joy. Or some other translation says, in whom I'm well pleased. Mm. So you might ask the question, well, if baptism is for the unrighteous, why did the righteous lamb of God, the unblemished lamb, why did he have to be baptized? My interpretation of this is that this symbolic cleansing of Christ was so that he has an a capacity of overflow of righteousness in his life so that when you and I give our hearts to the Lord, when you and I are baptized, that we may receive that overflow of righteousness. God is the embodiment of righteousness. And so, so God is so far removed from, from unrighteousness that he had to send his, Christ, his son Christ Jesus to the cross so that we can have an overflow of righteousness and so I, I want us to, to understand that in the, in the process of salvation, we have the first step that I read out of Ephesians 2, where we believe and we give our hearts to Christ. The next step is, is baptism, so where we then declare, publicly identify with Christ's uh, burial, uh, his, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And then the third step is, is, is discipleship. It's about coming to a place of associating ourselves with Christ and in order for us to be able to go from our old life into our new life in what, as I mentioned, the, you know, what baptism really means is there has to have uh, a, a, a change take place in our minds, all right? There has to be a mindset change, all right? So the renewing of one's mind is so important in this process of coming to a place of fullness in your walk with Christ. There has to be a different way of thinking in order for us to really truly fulfill all that God has called us to be able to do on this earth. And in Romans 12, I just want to read this passage over here, verse 2. It says, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. All right, this is a very important point. I see a lot of people running around in this life trying to understand what am I being called to do? What is my purpose on this life? Why, why, why am I here? What, what is my existence? What is that all about? But when we transform our minds, we will learn to understand God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Good, pleasing, and perfect when we have the renewing of our mind. It's so important, guys, that we go through this renewal of our mindset. Because, again, giving our heart to the Lord, being baptism is the foundation, and baptism is the foundation, all right? 
But it does require us in order to make a bigger change in our life, in order to see true transformation take place. And that is the renewing of our mind. Thinking very differently. God's economy is very different from the world's economy. He says it's better to give than it is to receive, as Justin said, and he spoke about the flow of the water on the beach. We're trying to hoard things, but no, remove those, remove that, that uh, sandy wall and allow the flow of God to come out of our lives. It's better to give than it is to receive. Christ also says it's, uh, you know, in order to be able to be first, you need to be lost. The world says in order to be first, you need to be first. In your career, the world says you need to step on people in order for your career to grow. The world, this, is what, this is what the world preaches. I'm, I've been working in corporate companies for the last 15 years. I know. I, I've been it. I've seen it with my own eyes. And so the world says these things opposing to what God says. And, the, and it requires a mindset change as us as Christians to think differently, to oper- in order to be able to operate differently. And so I just want to invite the band up at this point. So in order to be able to experience this good, pleasing, and perfect life, a mindset change is required. And so you may ask this question, but Matthew, how do I, how do I adopt this mindset change? I, I, I need a bit of tips and tricks over here this morning. How do I do that? Glad you ask, because I'll give you that. In, uh, in uh, Psalms 119, it, it says that the word, God's word, this is a lamp unto our feet. It's a lamp into our feet. This word is not a spotlight into our future. It's a lamp into our feet, meaning that if we read it, we apply it, we will see a change take place in our lives. As we take one step, is God reveals the next step for us. It's a lamp unto our feet. What does a lamp do? It just highlights just what's in front of us. Just what's in front of us. And as we take the next step, the Lord says, His word is a lamp unto our feet. And as we stand in faith and as we believe on what this says, the Lord will guide us. God's not bound to time. Not at all. He sees the future. He sees the past. He operates independently. So you can see our future. And as we, as we depend upon this word, as we renew our minds by reading this word, applying it, God's, our futures in God's hands. Another way to renew your mind is around who you hang around with. Kind of simple. It says in Proverbs as well too that bad company spoils good habits. It also says in, in, uh, in Psalms 27 that iron sharpens iron, verses 3. Meaning that depending on who you hang around with, you will be sharpened in that way. Now, this, this next uh, saying that I have is not something that's in the Bible, but I, I've seen it in my own life that 80% of my future and my destiny has been determined by 90% of the immediate people that I've surrounded myself with. And so iron sharpens iron. And so your mindset will change according to the people that you hang around with, the podcasts that you listen to, the YouTubes that you listen to, the people that you hang around with on a daily basis or that you're, who your friends are. And so it's important to make some choices, guys, in order to see our lives truly transformed for the kingdom of God, and for our mindsets to change. Giving our heart to Christ and being baptized are the very first steps, and it's, they're very fundamentally important 
for our journey going forward. To stand and walk in authority is, is extremely important. But this and who we hang around with, coming to this church, being in fellowship with the people over here in this house, will be a transformational effect, I believe. I'm very excited this year as well, too, as Lade is leading the uh, discipleship ministry with the support of Christelle, with the Alpha Groups. I, I, I'm, I'm really, truly excited about what's going to be happening as we introduce a new discipleship programs into this church, because I believe it's going to be one of the things that is, is going to be a, a true transformation that is going to take place in this church, in this area. So, uh, yeah, keep that under observation. It's coming. It's going to be happening in this, uh, starting in this year. We'll be starting with the leaders, and we will then cascade that to the rest of this congregation. Right, guys, I just want, to, I want us to close uh, in prayer. And then as I also close in prayer, I'm going to invite um, those who are going to distribute the elements. We're going to take, uh, we're going to take some communion. So as I get off, its sta- off the stage and when I'm finished preaching, as, we, um, as Shettle just plays, as he's playing, uh, there'll be people, people uh, standing in the front over here. I want to invite you to come forward, take communion. And as, I, as I've been preaching a little bit of, on the topic of identification with Christ's burial, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, Christ died for us on the cross 2,000 years ago, that we will be able to identify with him and that we will be able to be in heaven with him one day. So as we partake of the elements, let's remember the, the blood that was shed and the body that was laid on the cross for you and myself 2,000 years ago, that we can have eternal life one day. Is that all right? All right, so let's take a moment and pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we, we praise you for this morning. We praise you for your word this morning that we can hear and listen and stitch your word to our hearts. Knowing, Father, as we, as we take that, that step, Lord, of if we haven't given our hearts to Christ or we haven't been baptized or we haven't started walking that road of discipleship, I pray, Father, that you will convict our hearts this morning and you will speak to us this morning. I pray, Father, that we will discover what it means to live a life that is full and complete, Lord. As we build our house on the rock, no matter what storm comes, because it will, there will be storms in life that will come. But I pray, Lord, as we anchor our, our house, this house, this temple, our bodies, our lives on the rock, this word, that we will withstand the tsunamis, the storms, the tornadoes in life that will come because we have anchored ourselves onto you. I thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for us, Lord. You are an amazing God. You have, you have laid Jesus Christ on the cross for us so that we can have eternal life one day and that we can be in relationship with you. We thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us. We praise you this morning. We pray all of this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.